0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. Romans four, beyond all hope, on the basis of hope, Abraham believed. Today in Romans four, the apostle gives us sort of a little mini Bible study, you might say, on Genesis chapters 12 to 17 about a man named Abraham and about hope. Now I don't know about you, but I hope for a lot of things. I'll just get this out of the way right at the beginning. Cubs, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> but there are other more important things, like I hope that my daughters finish college and find good husbands and stay connected to the gospel. I hope I get time to finish a book that I started writing about eight years ago all kinds of things we could hope for, right? You could list a bunch of things. I could list a bunch of things. But when we think about things that we hope for, they tend to be things that we actually cannot control, that we have no power to make happen. I have no control whatsoever about who my daughters date or <laughs> what college they go to or, frankly, whether they end up in the gospel or not. My wife and I can help them make decisions, teach them, bring them to hear the word, but that is out of our control. At least that's certainly what they tell us. The Cubs, no control whatsoever. Eighth inning of a game on Wednesday afternoon in Bush Stadium with a two-run lead, I have no control over the next three batters. There are no guarantees that the stuff that we hope for will happen. And we have no power to change it. We're used to this, aren't we? We're used to a world where disappointment happens all the time. We've seen this even in the stock market lately, right? Up, 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 up up for years, and then suddenly, boom, crashing down. That's why the federal government requires all these commercials for advertising. Even your Concordia plan uh, uh, retirement uh, program has to say something like past performance does not necessarily predict future results. We see this all the time because we have no control over what will happen. Will the things promised to us actually occur? Well, Abraham, Abraham had hope in a promised future. Did he have control? How did he live in the promise? It was a pretty big promise that was made to Abraham and you might have missed it at the beginning of came by so quickly, right? Let me read it again. And his offspring that he would be heir of the world, did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Abraham and his descendants would be heir of the world, is the promise that Paul brings up in Romans chapter 4. That's a pretty big promise, isn't it? It's better than the Cubs winning the World Series, maybe, maybe. Heir of the world. God is promising to Abraham that he and his descendants would own everything. Think about that. That tree outside right there, that would belong to Abraham. This building that we're sitting in right now, this chapel, this would belong to Abraham and his descendants. The Atlantic Ocean would belong to Abraham and his descendants forever. Would you believe a promise like that? Do you think it would happen for you? Now we don't have time to get into the whole story of Abraham, unfortunately. Ultimately, Abraham and his wife Sarah are the ancestors of our Lord Jesus Christ. But the key point that comes up in Romans chapter four is that Abraham trusted in the promises that God had made to him again and again and again, even when it looked like there was no basis for that trust and confidence. It's a pretty striking, almost uh, humorous way that Paul puts it in verse 19. That Abraham could have cashed it all in. He could have given up if he'd stopped and look around at his circumstances because chapter after chapter after chapter he'd been hearing these promises. And after a while, past performance does predict future results because nothing was happening. Abraham was near death. He was about 100 years old. His wife, Sarah, had not had a kid yet, and she probably couldn't have one anymore. Yet Abraham was called to continue to trust. But in spite of past performance, Abraham trusted God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Abraham trusted that he and his descendants would inherit the world. He trusted the promise, and so he had hope. As we look around today in our world, do we have hope? Because there's an awful lot that might convince us that we should not really have hope after all. I get around the church a fair amount at pastors' conferences and different things. I talk to a lot of pastors, a lot of normal people, I guess you'd say. (laughs) Uh, I hear a lot about what people think about what's going on in the world and about the situation of the church and what might be happening down the road. And it is wonderful to hear some of the amazing things that God is doing in places you might not expect. But I also hear from a lot of people, even in the church, fear because when we look around it doesn't look like the promises of god are holding true i hear fear about what the supreme court or the government might do next i hear fear about the millennials and will they ever do anything worthwhile and connect to the church i hear fear about whether there will ever be kids in the sunday school again and sometimes even whether their congregation will last another five years. Not a fear of God that produces repentance and confidence in his forgiveness, but fear that what we want, fear that what we hope will happen, isn't going to come true. And what happens when fear drives us? Well, you know what happens. We lash out at our enemies in a torrent of angry and bitter words. Or we become paralyzed, uncertain that anything we do will do any good at all. And so we do nothing. Or we take it upon ourselves. If nobody else is going to do it, I'm going to do it by goodness. I'm going to make it happen by my my bold and courageous and heroic efforts. But does any of that ever work? Does any of that produce hope? How many Supreme Court decisions have been overturned by a Facebook post? But what about Abraham? When he looked around at his circumstances and was as good as dead, did he waver in the promises of God? No, beyond all hope, on the basis of hope, Abraham believed. And verse 21, he was fully convinced that God was able to do what he promised. God was able to do what he promised. You see, the point of Abraham is not that Abraham had more faith than everybody else that Abraham sort of got it up in himself to to have this kind of uh, uh, euphoric confidence in God. No, Romans 4 is actually about the promise. And that the promises of God contain within themselves the power to accomplish what they promise. By God making the promise, he commits himself and in fact creates the very confidence, trust, and faith in Abraham which is able to receive those promises as true and real. Abraham could do nothing to make those promises come true. He couldn't make children. He couldn't take possession of the land. He couldn't do anything, but God could. And the promise of God contains within itself the power to make it happen. This is the very heart of the living and active Word of God theme that we have this academic year. That the Word of God has in itself the power to accomplish what it says. And so what is our task as disciples of Jesus? What is our task as preachers and teachers of this living and active word. Well, it's not to get ourselves all riled up to a course of action that will turn the world upside down. It is not to get us all stirred up and excited and euphoric so that we walk out of here today ready for action. Rather, our task is to point to God the Father as the one who keeps the promises that he himself has made that he will do for us exactly what he did for Abraham he will make us heirs of the world nothing in all creation God promises will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus his word is sure and certain And in his word of promise alone is there hope. Now, this can be difficult, no doubt. Did God promise that we would get everything we want? Of course not. Did he promise that we would win every election? That his word and his ways would be accepted by all people in every nation? No. Did he promise that we would never suffer because of that word? No, in fact, quite the opposite. But he did promise that he would send a Savior. And he did. And he promised that this Savior would deal with our sin and the sin of the entire world, even those who have rejected his ways. And he did. On a cross. And he promised that this Savior would rise from the dead, and he did three days later. And he promised that this Savior would reign over all creation, over the entire world, and he is now. And this Savior promised to us that he would be with us always, with us always, to the very end of the age. And he is and he promised that he is coming again, and that on that day he will make us and all who trust in him heirs of the world, just as he promised to Abraham, and he will. Because the promises of God have the power in themselves to make it happen. And you see, you and I are caught up in this amazing promise. That's the point of the very end of the chapter. Verse 23, the words it was counted to him, Abraham, were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. Jesus, Paul writes, was handed over for our trespasses and was raised for our righteousness. You see, with God, past performance does predict future results. In fact, with God, past performance guarantees future results. God's promises are not like ours. They're not based on happy thoughts. They are not based on wishful thinking. They are based on power. They are based on action. They are based on what he has already done in his son, Jesus Christ. And he has already raised this Jesus from the dead, And he has already, in your baptism, given you new life, now, today. And so he can promise to us that he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things, heirs of the world, by his promise? And so by the power of this word of promise, beyond all hope on the basis of his hope, we trust, we believe, and we live confident in him. May he who began this good work in us bring it to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.